2: now
4: All right, folks, welcome to Corner.tv. I'm joined with Andrew Billings, the pastor from New Zealand. And uh, I got to say, man, you are already a big hit on my show. People love you, Andrew. Uh, I love having you on. And uh, today we're going to be talking about, we're going to have segments, folks. We're going to have episodes with Andrew, uh, how to not submit to trauma and how fear is being used as a weapon, how to properly work through a problem uh a lot of people today in America especially is traumatized by and paralyzed by fear. So we're going to go into the steps on how to eliminate this and what to f- who to really fully respect. But before I do that folks get your noble gold. Get your noble gold. Global financial storms might be raging but thousands of investors in precious metals with noble gold investments are smiling. Uh they know that whatever happens their investments will be safe from turmoil. Protect your savings from market volatility with a Noble Gold Investments IRA and claim your free silver virtue coin. Talk to a Noble Gold Investments expert today, and they'll talk you through your options, folks. And if you qualify, they'll guide you through the whole process. Uh, Call 877-646-5347 today and take control of your financial future. Go to the Noble Gold Investments down below. Get started. It's a great company. I love working with them. Um, that's what I'm investing in right now is Noble Gold. So, without further ado, Andrew, thank you for coming on once again. Yeah, no, it's always good to be with you, my friend. And
5: I think we're going to have a really good show today.
4: Yeah, I, you know, I I've seen some work on YouTube, and I was like, you know, I got to get this guy on. We've talked a few times, and uh, we've scheduled, and we've missed, and we, you know, things things yeah. like that happen. But I'm glad that we're finally coming into a flow. So much so. So much of a flow that we're wearing kind of the same thing today. We didn't plan
5: this. <laughs> hey, man, we're we're all dialed in. I, I like it. I like it. <laughs> same yeah, camouflage. So, I know, this is crazy. Same camouflage, man. Let's get it. Uh, yeah. So the the this is kind of going to become something pretty cool. We're probably going to do some regular podcasts together, and we're going to go down some roads that talk about some of the stuff that we're we're, we're building a, a pretty cool outline of some amazing topics that I think are going to get some of your viewers pretty pumped and 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 also equipped with some good information. So jumping straight into this topic, um, we said that we we're going to go and we're going to talk about the power of fear and trauma now, not from a place of glorifying fear of trauma, but understanding what it is and how it works. And, and if you really stop and think, you know, I remember. I remember. I was in New Zealand. I was like 14 years old. 9/11 hits. Everybody on the planet remembers where they stood when they found out the news at 9/11. You were 14 hit. years old just, 9/11 hits? I think. Uh, I think I was. I need to go back and check dates, but I was around. I'm 44 yeah. now, so it's it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. So, I well, actually know. Is that? No, you're gonna be like. I'm not going to do. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to be do maths right bad, now. <laughs> <bad or terrible. laughs> I might have been younger. I honestly can't remember. You're but anyway, older. Anyways, older um, you're even older. I would have been older. No, I would have been older. I was like 21,
4: 22. So you would have been yeah. 20,
5: 1920. You're right. Good maths. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still working on my first coffee for today, so there we go. <laughs> so, so, But everyone remembers where they stood when they found that news out. There was a moment that kind of marked and it embossed, uh, uh, printed to people. And so That was a moment where the whole world stood still and said, oh, my goodness, how could this happen? How could all these people die? How could people do this? And what is America going to do? Right. There was that there was that deep held breath. And so fear hit the world because of repercussions. Right. And so when we understand that, like that was such a big deal thing. And like, let's fast forward. And honestly, that's happening every other day right now in different parts of the world. Like, so so this stuff's speeding up. Like, that was such a big deal thing. It was a standalone event. But if you look at what's happened the last four years, right, the glitch in the matrix, the last four years of everything that started to happen, there's a speeding up. And like I started talking about last time, remember we talked about the MKUltra. If your viewers haven't watched the last one we did, you should go watch that because you'll get the basis for this conversation. We talked about the MK Ultra and the Cold War and how that was used and how that's now being expanded into a populace where everyone's being traumatized through social media and news outlets and political moves that are happening and terrorist acts that are happening and,
4: and terrorist other, other personal... Yeah, go ahead. You no, know, that's also why people swipe. You know, they're, they're looking at fear every day now. It's like a, it's yeah. like a shock to the system. Of yeah, trauma. so
5: people have been reprogrammed. People have been reprogrammed. People have been digitally, emotionally, and spiritually reprogrammed.
4: And, yeah, and I'll be uh, honest even with even with I can I can even attest to my life. Uh, a lot of fear and trauma has has what's is what drove drove me. Uh, I think to even be a fighter, to be a boxer. If I really go back and look at everything, right? It, it started off in childhood. You know, something happened to me in childhood, and I had a lot of bullying, a lot of things that happened that pushed yep. me into the, the trauma lifestyle of boxing. To be honest with you, um, I've always told everybody it was issues. It was having certain issues. You know, I didn't come from a poor family. I didn't have to box. There were issues I was trying to work out psychologically and spiritually and emotionally that caused me to go into the world of boxing, you know, heavyweight boxing, is what I believe. And trauma can guide a lot of people's lives. It guided my life. I'm, I can attest to that. Right. Right right? It's, so it's a powerful influence, not necessarily for the good.
5: Um, you know, people that really lean into it work thing, good things out of it, you know, like tough times create good mean, good mean, create good times, good times create
4: weak men. Yeah.
5: So, so it really comes down to the response of, of that. But I want to kind of break down this whole idea, because if you look at the social demographic of this nation, the the populace, we have been psychologically significantly weakened over the last 10 years. Specifically, the last five, it's accelerated. But this thing's been going on for 10, 20, 30 years, and it's just the parabolic curve's getting faster and faster,
4: right? I think, I think with what we're seeing right now, you know, especially with uh, in the United States, uh, we're watching the freefall of every structure, the government, the church, the schooling system, the entertainment industry, and it's all being exposed to us. And people are, are really horrified with what they're witnessing and watching.
5: Yes. Um, and what we have to understand is that fear is actually the super weapon that's been used to re-engineer people. So, like, for instance, when I first moved to the States, and, the, and most Americans won't get this because you've grown up in this. But when I first moved to the States, I was actually quite shocked At how commercialized all of the holidays here are, it's it's incredibly commercialized. And coming from another part of the world, like that in New Zealand, no, not not to this extent. So, like you'd you'd get done with Christmas, and the next day, Valentine's Day stuff goes up, right? Because it's just you're programming people to shift into the next level, and it's actually industrially industrialized, and it's driven through a commercial sense. So once you start understanding, it's not. Cultural nostalgia, it's industrial drive that sold as nostalgia. Even the idea of Santa Claus, how Coke brought that in and introduced this whole idea. You have to understand that this whole culture has been built on an industry of programming a populace to consume.
4: I will say, when I was in Australia, I went to Australia in 2010, I, it was during Christmas. Uh, so, and that was, uh, it was summer over there. And I was like, wait a minute, this is throwing me off completely. But I have to admit, they, they weren't <laughs> celebrating it like they do in America. It was not the same yeah. feel. It did not have the same type of feeling, nostalgia, nothing. It was completely different. A con a completely different feeling for Christmas. I mean, it was hot as hell out. It was one hundred and fifteen <laughs> degrees. Hot. Yeah, they they
5: they're. Uh... They're roasting different things on the grill out there, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you're not wrapped up in in the snow and outside. And it's it's kind of nice. I've had both. I've had hot Christmas and cold Christmas. And I like both. they've got both cool things. But, you know, so, so coming back to the United States. So what you have to realize is that this country socially has been engorged on emotion that triggers this. Big heartthrob thing. Even if you go to, you know, all of the, the the American Idol type stuff, anything like that, anything, even politics, it's the underdog story that Americans are trained, programmed to fall in love with. No matter the guy's background, no matter her background, like it's just, oh, what a sad story. We need to get behind us. It's like that's not an ethical, intelligent basis for decision making. What that means is we've been programmed to emotionally connect not logically connect does that make sense
4: hundred percent absolutely yes yeah. which is what the so end, when you, you know mainstream media uses today hundred percent so what you can see is it started really
5: cute and then the industrial we'll call it the industrial complex and we'll include Walmart and everyone else in that not just the military stuff but let's just call it the industrial the bigger picture of the industrial complex over over the United States they took a hold of that because opportunity knocks. Hey, we can leverage people's emotions, and we can start selling more stuff, and we can buy bigger yachts and build our empires, right? But then politics gets a hold of that. Now we can manipulate that and how we're, you know, selling wars that we're going into, and and so what we're seeing is we're seeing a whole nation that is emotionally deficit, while thinking it's emotionally intelligent. It's highly vulnerable and naive, and it lacks any basis of intelligent decision making and logic. Right. So moral moral spines go out the door when emotional idols get built.
4: Makes sense. Does that make Makes, sense? A hundred percent. So we're building
5: um, a story here.
4: Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just to say they're getting ready to do that with Biden. If you're watching, they're saying, oh, the poor guy, mm-hmm. you know, the elderly mm-hmm. man, you know, they're starting to pull on people's heartstrings. And that's how they're going to what I believe is they're going to use that kind of narrative to, uh, to lift them up to the Democrats, to where they're going to be like, oh, poor guy. See what I mean? Oh, he's stepping down. Good right. for him. He's doing the right thing. Now we go for the next right. nominee, who will be—I don't know—Newsom, Michelle, whoever they're going to put in there to take his place. But they're already—I'm start- already—I'm already watching uh, the news and the the syndicates come out with this. This, you know, pulling on the heartstrings. It's an emotional story. He's an elderly man. It's time yeah. for him to step down. He did the country right. You know that type of stuff.
5: I mean, not to not to step on taboo mushrooms or anything, but. You know, I noticed it straight away when I came here to this country, even the way that the political industry appeals to certain ethnic demographics. And it's only around election time they come in and they start appealing to these different ethnic groups in the country. Hey, we are Americans, stop dividing us, firstly. But they'll appeal to these groups, and these groups will feel, oh, yes, yes, we're loved, we're recognized, we're seen, and then they get dropped. And so it's this constant emotional... I'll call it manipulation. Okay, it is, it's just a, it's almost at a spell level, witchcraft level, where people are just getting mesmerized into these, almost like, you know, oh, look, squirrel, you know? It's, it's yeah, like that, right. there's a squirrel. And like, oh, But when you say
4: squirrel. almost, when you say almost, I would like to say that I think it is that. I, I think, yes. uh, you know, when you really look into this, it <laughs> That's is That's what that. I wanted they, to say. <laughs> okay, so I know it's YouTube, but, but uh, you know, but it is that. I mean, they, they are using that type of, spell, yep. formula, witchcraft stuff on, what, music, movies, the whole thing. Yep. I mean, this is a reality, but that could be for another well, segment. Well, I
5: mean,
4: it's definitely for another segment. And, you know, talking about some of the rituals that
5: some of these people in high places do, if that's who you are really behind the scenes, then it stands to reason that that, that your political and your business strategies will be in that same culture. We'll come to that in another, another session for sure. Yeah, so okay. all that to say this, America has been conditioned to fear – trauma and distraction so let's do something really bad over here and right when there's about to be a court case something blows up over here and you're all looking here now and you forgot that because it's so repetitive that you can't even remember five incidences ago what actually took place because there's been thousands of them now it's not hundreds we're dealing with thousands
4: kind of giving the country ADD.
5: Yeah, ADHD, ADD, trauma, PTSD. It's probably more of a political traumatic syndrome disorder, okay?
4: <laughs> I mean, i am noticed we'll anytime, anytime something comes out on the news. You should that, do that T-shirt, Nino. You know. Yeah. You should do that T-shirt, <laughs> politically. <laughs> hey, that's a good idea. I think I might do that. Let's but, do uh, it. Yeah. But no, but really, anytime there's a there's going kind to of be an event that seems going to go our way, immediately distraction. Immediately something comes to steal us away from that right. cycle and then divert our attention over this way.
5: Right. So, so that's the platform for this conversation today. What we've just framed, I think average viewer is going to be able to go. Yep. I totally see that. So let's talk about this faith versus fear. It's a real, you know, faith over fear. It's been the t-shirt that everyone's sold, right? It's been a very popular statement in this whole patriotic movement and this kind of common sense movement, we'll call it. Now, the problem is, is if I was the devil, I would be very happy for you to recognize it, but I would fight you doing anything about it. So I'll let you identify it. And I think that's been one of the biggest problems. Like I've been in the back room with some you know, pretty important people in this nation and some of these, some of these movement circles. And I've been like, Hey guys, what are we going to do here? Oh no, no, we're just going to, we're just going to building our campaign. And so everyone's actually still in that same trinket industrial complex, mostly in this p- political Patriot corner still just building commercialization instead of mobilizing unity because unity is the power that takes this nation back unity is the only power under god that takes this nation back we cannot take it jesus himself said a kingdom divided cannot stand it will implode and so that's why there's been so many divisions anyways coming back well, to the and that's idea, also
4: why there's so many groups that are being funded by non-governmental yeah. agencies or organizations that are funding yeah. these groups, uh, you know, in certain communities. And I'll be very vague the way I say it here on fluff but but uh, that are pushing their ideals on society, correct? Right?
5: Yeah, absolutely. And so that's why we've had unnamed, unbranded powers behind the scenes telling us not to trust each other saying I can't you know black people can't trust white people white people are the bad person white people can't trust black people Hispanics are victims you know Asians are victims hang on a minute who who actually gave them permission to be that authority on those topics can't we come together and be one can't be we be a United States right and so that's where we're losing our power but anyways coming coming back to this idea now I want to talk about what fear actually is and what faith actually is now faith is the opposite of fear it's literally the the black mirror opposite of fear and so what to to, in order to uh, understand fear let's talk about faith for a second in hebrews 11 chapter 1 it says faith is the substance of things not yet seen faith is the hope for things not yet seen it's the it's the substance for things hoped for right so it's this Faith is this powerful pull on something that you hope for that you haven't yet seen.
4: I kind of call it the knowing.
5: It's the knowing. It's like it's beyond just I hope. Hope is like the seed that gives me vision that I'm going to, I could possibly have something. And faith is that I will not let this thing go until I have it. Right? That's faith.
4: The internal belief. Faith is,
5: yeah. And in this case, faith is the belief that the good things that God has for me will come to my life if I don't quit. Agreed. It's believing that God is good and that he's for me. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though sickness comes near my house, even though difficulties come to my country or my town or my family, God is good all the time and he has good things for me and I will walk through the difficult and trust him for the good okay so so we have to understand that that is what faith faith is the substance of things not yet not yet seen it's the evidence of things not yet seen right it's the it's the substance of things hoped for so coming back now fear is the counter opposite it is the devil's vehicle of getting negative destruction to you so faith is the train tracks that gets God's provision to your life. Fear is the devil's train tracks that gets provision of destruction and chaos and negativity to your life. So, how do I empower faith? I partner with it. Faith doesn't happen because I signed up and I had water splashed on my head. Faith happens because I wake up every morning and I choose to trust God.
4: It's a choice. Every
5: morning, no matter what I see with my eyes, remember. Faith is not by we walk by by faith, not by sight. So my faith is not interrupted by what I'm experiencing, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, what I'm being told. Faith is a choice that no matter what I see in my world, no matter what my senses are touching, I trust God.
4: And and faith also, if you you know, it's like it's living in in uh, optimism. It's not living in this pessimistic. A drudgery, exactly. right? When you're living in fear, exactly. it's a lower vibration. You know, when you're living in faith, yes. you're operating at a much higher vibration. It's a mindset yes. and a spiritual set, because when I have I have friends, and I'm not going to name them, obviously, on the show, but uh, the situation they're in in life has a lot to do with where they're operating from. A lot of people operate from fear, Absolutely. which causes them to live uh, below their means, always, you know, uh, scared of this situation, scared of that situation, so they hold back, they don't do anything, they don't take the risks, right. they don't take calculated risks. When you live in faith, you, it's almost you're always saying, I deserve that, I'm going to go for that, I deserve it, and I'm operating out of faith, and I'm going to go for it, right? And you, and good things right. come to you. Am I right in saying that?
5: Right. Yeah, and, and that all the good things that God has for my life, and even in some cases, even what I don't deserve, but he's going to be good to me with anyways you know? And so, so that's, that's that vehicle. Now there's this, there's the scripture and it says it's in Job and he talks about what I feared came upon me. So fear is like faith. Faith is a submission of worship to trusting God that he's my provider. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. He's my high tower. He's my fortress. He's my refuge. He's my savior. He's my forgiver, all of these things, right? But the minute I disconnect from that, remember, actually, let, let's just talk about a, a quick picture so that we can understand it real clearly. Remember when Peter, Jesus was walking on water and Peter gets out of the boat and he, he says, Lord, if it's you, call me and I'll come. In other words, we're saying, I can walk on water too if you if you give me the power. And Jesus said, come. All the other disciples stayed in the boat. Peter puts his leg over the side of the boat and he steps and he hits the water like a marble floor. And he's looking at Jesus and he starts to walk on those waves because it was a terrifying storm. It wasn't just flat water. It was a terrifying storm. So he's looking at Jesus and he is above the circumstance. Okay. So he's looking at Jesus and he's walking. And all of a sudden he gets distracted by the news broadcast around him. Because remember, he's a fisherman. So he understands that these storms are deadly. He grew up hearing stories of sailors and fishermen that died. in the the lakes because they got caught in storms. And he looks down at the storm and the waves, and he starts to respect the water more than Jesus. Mm. And the minute he does that, he starts sinking into the thing he feared. So what Mm. you fear is what you submit to, and what you submit to rules your life. Mm. If I want good things, I need to submit to God by respecting him and trusting him no matter what happens in my life. Even if like David said, even if I, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you're with me. What he's saying is I can walk through the bounds of hell itself if you're with me. It's not about my situation, my environment, or my you know my, 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 my comfort. It's the fact of who's with me. doesn't matter what environment I'm in. I was built for the storm, if you're with me. I'm also built for the palace. And so when we start to understand this, we start seeing, okay, hang on a minute. Let's zoom out here. America has been triggered with so much emotional and fear-driven rhetoric that good people have shifted from walking stable lives and they've started sinking. Even in the circles that you're in, you know, even in some of the the world that you're – some of these really powerful people that get up on stages, behind the scenes, they're terrified. Oh, yeah. they get. I've, up, seen, I've, them. I've seen them. You've seen them. They talk real strong from a stage. They're just like, we're going to change. And that's because it's their meal ticket. And then they get off the stage and it's like, who are you? What just (laughs) happened? Yes, Right? It's because you're honoring your meal ticket, but you're not.
2: Order now.
1: fighterflare.com
4: flair.com
5: Being true to who you are
4: and i want to
5: follow authentic right and so so i want to talk a little bit with you today and you know i don't know if you want to comment on anything i've already
2: said here
4: well well what about when people say i have a fear in god and we were talking about that before uh we started recording and and, and you said no it's a respect it is
5: yeah so I think this has actually been something that the devil's weaponized. Because you've got to remember that the devil is actually called, he's recognized as the accuser of the brethren, that's us, the family of God. But he's also the accuser of God. He came to Eve and he accused God to Eve. So he accuses everyone all the time. And so if if I was the devil, for instance, just just so we can kind of see it from a different angle, when we say fear of God, I'd make you think, well, that's because you need to be terrified of him because he's not a nice guy because that's how the devil's relationship is. The devil's been judged by God. He's going to burn in hell forever. Once Jesus comes back, he's going to burn forever. And I'm really excited. I've already put my order into heaven. I want front row seats, popcorn, oh, little little gold honey glazed on it. I just want to watch that. I want to watch that angel pick that thing up and throw him into the fire. Seriously. It's okay to say that because he has tormented the earth and I'm excited to see that. and, and, uh, that's not scary for I mean, me to we're say. Watching, we're so, watching
4: all his all his minions work for him right now. I mean, if, 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 absolutely,
5: you know. absolutely. So, so you have to look at it and go, okay. So, if I was the devil, of course I'd be terrified of God. So I'm going to make everyone on the earth feel the way I feel, so no one trusts him, so no one connects with him, so no one gets salvation.
4: And they go with him into the bottom of hell. Into the go with him. of God, right?
5: The great deceiver. Yeah, the great deceiver. And and so, but so they'll call in, him
4: instead of instead of the Great Deceiver, if you're if you, you know, a lot of people will say he's the illuminated one, the 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 one that brought the light. Lucifer brought the light, and that's that's really deception at its best right there, correct? And we're gonna we're gonna do an entire session on just that thing. We're, yeah, we're gonna talk about the
5: Illuminati and the Freemasonry, we're gonna we're gonna go down the road. We're gonna talk about Gilgamesh and we're gonna talk about all of it. Because the, they it worship the pyramids. as
4: they worship this as their god and and they feel they call like it he-
5: secret knowledge.
4: Correct. Right.
5: They call it secret knowledge, but we'll just leave it here with this one little one little breadcrumb before we move on and if you're watching this you should need to watch out for the session that we're going to do coming up but if god was truly powerful and our god is why does he need to keep himself a secret?
4: 100%, I've always said that Andrew, I've always said many times I said these secret societies The first and most evil sin is keeping anything secret from your brothers, from humanity. That in itself... It doesn't sound like a benevolent, loving person, does it? No, that's evil in nature. That's evil in nature right there. That's narcissistic and... Correct. That's wrong right there.
5: All of that. So, understanding what the fear of God is, that word has been misused and misrepresented. So when it says the fear of God or fear God, that's not saying be terrified and be horrified of God. What that's saying is have a deep reverential respect out of love that I would never want to hurt him because of how good he's been to me. So it's like, you know, my children, they they respect the authority that I carry because ultimately it does, says of God, like you need to fear him who can not just kill your body. He says, don't fear the person like the terrorist or the, the demons that can kill your body. Fear the person who, who can not only kill your body, but can destroy your spirit in hell, right? So, so there is a sense of there is powerful authority in God's person. But at the same time, he doesn't represent himself as a narcissistic, leveraging, threatening father. He says, hey, I sent my son. We talked about this in the last session. And I made a way so that the sin consequence that you currently have doesn't need to be your consequence I'm going to pay the debt myself, and all you need to do is believe in me, right? So right. what we see is yeah. a loving father, and Jesus said when He said when they said teach us how to pray to God, Jesus said our Father, not my Father. He said our Father, so He's representing God as a father, not as a judge. If mm-hmm. we will connect with Him in that way, so when we start understand the fear of God, we're talking about a deep representation of the most powerful being. Who's decided to give us access and represent himself as a father. So that's worthy of respect.
4: And we all I don't want to become should, casual with that. And we all should respect, have a healthy respect for our father, not fear our father. So that should be right. taken out and say it's it's really respect our father.
5: Right. And and some of us, myself included, had some pretty serious trauma with father figures. And so at times the enemy, the devil, will use that as a leverage to say, well, that's what a father is, that's who he is. And and I would just challenge you, just if that's your experience, stop and say, God, show me who you are and teach me what a father is, because I don't know. And he'll come to you and he'll, that's, I can tell you that's my story. So, coming back to this whole idea that the fear of God, once I fear God at that level and I have a deep respect for him and I believe that he is all powerful, I believe that he can destroy everything if he wants to. And at the same time, he showed me mercy and saved me that he is that powerful and yet that compassionate and loving and kind. I start to hold him at the esteem above any other threat. That's why David said, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear any threat, no evil, no hostility, because you're with me. Now he says this, the very next line, he says, because your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, let me just quickly explain the rod and the staff. The rod was actually made to beat off predators. So God's my protector. And the staff is what you see as the shepherd's crook that guided the sheep when they started to go off straight, right? So it's your rod, your protection, and your guidance. They comfort me. So you start seeing the nature of God where David's saying, I don't care where you put me. If you're with me, I'm okay. You see? I don't care what invaders come into this country. If you're with me, I'm okay. I don't care what pestilence and disease and biologicals get released. If you're with me, I'm okay. Okay. I don't care what politician gets in. They are not the king of the universe. They have a temporary seat of power. If you're with me, God, I'm okay. You see? And it starts shifting you away from this programming narrative that you have to constantly submit to the trauma. And when you do that, you're like, Peter, you come up above the waves and you can now start to stand on top of the trauma and pull other people out.
4: So your advice, I mean... the best way to go about this is pull yourself away from the fear, stop watching the MSM, things like that, and immerse yourself, what, into the Bible and, and services and really start uh, looking towards faith over fear. Like, you really have to make a conscious decision to do this. Look, I, I would say it like this. Some people have become so addicted to the
5: feeding of of. Uh, trauma information and the next update and you know the next piece of conspiracy, which is probably truth, right? It's probably mostly truth.
4: Probably. I think people do need to be prepared and get yes, the right
5: things. I don't think in any way. I don't think we we're, we're suggesting here, Nino, that that we, we uh, we're not saying in any way that you should just completely go bury your head in the sand. Right. What what yeah. we're what we're saying is, hey, if you're an alcoholic, it's probably not cool to hang out in the bar. Right, oh, if you become well. <laughs> addi- yeah, if you become addicted to this information and now it's all you think about, you wake up and it's the first thing you want to look at. Before you go to bed, it's the last thing you want to check. I have people in my world that send me, t- and I know you do too, for sure. You haven't told me this, but I know you do. they send me twenty articles a day, and all I'm doing is just deleting them. I, I, it's like, dude, I know, I get it, and I do it's need, and I am much. aware it's of a lot of stuff. Too it's too much, so people get lost in this mental universe of of trauma stimulus and so you can't tell me you're living above if that's the main thing you're looking at and so what i'm trying to say here is is that we, we're not fools we're not just hiding our heads in the sand there is tough days coming i mean the the stage has been set and is even coming through the border right now like the stage has been set but the way that we overcome because we can still overcome victory is still at hand okay and it's going to need to be a victory But it's not going to become by us being played by all the same muscle memory that the adversary inside this country that's playing us all for fools has been using. It's going to come when we start to fear another element that's outside of this world more than this stuff. Because once I put God in a healthy place, I can start looking at this stuff objectively. I can start having balance. And more importantly, instead of being – because what does fear do? you know, it paralyzes you. Oh my God, what are we going to do? Oh my God, what are my children's lives going to be like? Oh my God, how are we going to, what if the fiat currency goes up so good? Oh my God, what are we going to do? Right? And I get all that stuff because it's very real. Like you can't ignore that stuff, right? But there comes a point where it will paralyze you and you can't do anything. So when you come above it, we can now start being agents of change.
4: Well, what do you say to the people that that we know? To the the, the news is out there. It's it's very it's consumed with fear. But the people that rise above that, and want to be warriors and want to be you know outspoken, uh, you know activists and and go against this evil. What do you, what about that? I mean, those people don't just ignore it. They know what's going on. They see what's right. happening, you know. But they they cho- they choose to pick up the shield and sword and fight back. What about those people? So.
5: I think that I think that there's wisdom in all of that stuff because the problem is is that if we're just reckless and haphazard, we're going to get played against ourselves even in our own courage. And so I think there's this now I'm going to speak to me because my faith in God is my absolute that's my whole world is built around that. There are times, if you look at the life of David, we'll just look at King David for a second, where David had, he had his soldiers, his warriors, and he could see the enemy down in the field, and God said, wait. David went, it says, David inquired of the Lord. Like, if you look up how many times it says, David inquired of the Lord, it's significant. So David didn't use his own trust in his strength and his prowess and his his own efforts and his courage as some kind of gauge and guide to be able to have confidence that we're going to do this, he constantly was going back to God and saying, "What do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it?" That's why I. That's why I said last time when I went to a big um, event in Kentucky that I was asked to come to. We had like three, four thousand people on their knees in the field because I said, if, "If this is what God says, if you want your nation back." We have to go to the scripture says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. So humble myself means all my strength and ability gets put to the side and I stop seeing myself egotistically and I start seeing myself as a son of God that relies on him 100% and needs him. So we'll humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways. So that's all of the adoption and connection with stuff that God hates and is in opposition to God. Then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and heal their land. That's what America needs. This is the scripture that America needs.
4: So right? let's say let's say a person comes at you and says, well, listen, I, I believe in God, but I, my prayers are never answered. I don't know if praying really does anything. How, how do you answer that? You know, You know, to tell someone just go off and pray and wait for an answer from the Lord. How does the answer come to these people? How do they know they're being consulted by God to do the right thing? Like, what is... What is it? They hear a voice, they get the a feeling. What is it?
5: I would tell you that sometimes we're not hearing from God because we're asking God the wrong questions. So it talks about this in the book of James. It says, You have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you're asking the wrong questions or you're asking correctly for yourself, your own benefit. So, one of the things that I've learned in my life, instead of saying, God, can I have? God, can you do? God, what? I start saying, God, what do you want? God, when do you want? God, what do you want to say to me? This is a prayer that I pray that I found to be very powerful. God, would you please show me the thing that you need me to know that I'm not aware of right now? And it starts removing a lot of blind spots. And so sometimes I found in counseling people and talking to people and leading people over the years that people get really confused because they are they're disorientated, asking the wrong questions, and all you need to do is change the question you're asking. And then it's like, okay, God can answer me in a dream. God can answer me when I'm reading the Bible because this thing's a living word. And I've been amazed. Sometimes I've been reading and all of a sudden I just feel this pulse of life and energy come out of the book. It's like, oh my goodness, God was just answering my question. There's the answer right there. And you know it, you know it in here. It's not just an intellectual, oh, let's marry this thing together and kind of Bible bingo going. Other times God will use a complete stranger. Like there might be someone watching your show right now that has been having a question in their heart about this very thing. And this question's been used by God to answer them. Other times God will use a stranger to come and talk to you, you know, or he'll speak into your to me, heart and you'll hear his voice. Yeah. And so we, sometimes we're not we're not looking for where God's talking to us. And and don't forget it does say be still and know. So you can't have, you know, 40, 48 hours in your day and have a million miles an hour with appointments and no moments where you just stop and say, okay, God, just you and me. Would you just speak to me? I'm just going to sit here with you and there's been a lot just to balance this out. Cause you can hear preachers like me, like, Oh man, they just have this amazing relationship with God. They, sometimes I've gone for weeks and months and not heard anything. And I'm just going to focus on being obedient to the last thing he says, the last thing he told me until he speaks the next time. And I want to be found trustworthy doing that. Does that make sense? Makes the devil sense. comes in and it's like, Oh look, God's left you alone. Shut up devil. I'm trusting God. He made everything that's ever existed. He's got this.
4: And, and you know, a lot of people sell out to the devil. They'll sell their soul to the devil to get the fames and fortunes uh, of of this lifetime, you know, not knowing what's really at stake here. And And, you know, and then there's the people that say, well, you know, I've prayed to God. I've asked for these things. Well, God is not a genie in the bottle. Right? I mean, God's not going to just answer your prayers because you have a wish list like Santa Claus, right?
5: Right, right. So in, when it comes to that stuff, and I'm just going to say this to you, if you have any friends that actually have or people watching the show, if you have any friends that have legitimately been in a ritual and sold their soul to the devil, I, I want them to call you. And, and you know, I want you to get in touch with me. We either get together in person or we're going to do something on like a private Zoom like this, because I'll tell you right now. That there is no covenant with the devil, there is no covenant in hell, there is no blood covenant, there is no even human sacrifice, because that stuff really goes on, that cannot be broken by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus breaks every curse and covenant and overrides everything. The devil never paid any of his blood to buy you, he's just fooled you into selling you his soul. He doesn't have the currency to purchase you and only the blood of Jesus can purchase your life. And so it's a fraudulent deal, even though you have actually sold your soul. And if that's happened, I want to encourage you. I really just feel the spirit of God on me right now. And I just want to say this out loud. If, If even if there's one person, I'm telling you right now, if you cry out to Jesus, he'll break that curse and the devil loses his grip over you. It's not what he's promised you. The price is too great that anyone in the afterlife would do anything to get it back. Come to Jesus and He'll break the curse, and He will give you life in heaven. It's the only, it's the only eternal bliss there is, is with Jesus. And I so agree. I just wanted to say that because you, you made that comment, because that's that what you just said right there is an incredibly real, and it's becoming prolific. And I can tell you with confidence that just because you sold your soul doesn't mean it's gone forever. We can get so it back. Let's-
4: Let's say that again. So, like anybody who's out there that is sold their their soul to the industry, they feel like it's over, they feel hopeless. That's not the truth. The truth is you can break that with Jesus Christ. It breaks all we can devil, break that. All contracts, all chains with the devil. Nothing stands. Yes. So so that right there should give a lot of people hope because a lot of people do feel like Miserable, depressed, because they feel they're not they're not worthy of God's love. They've done too many things. That's right. They have too That's many skeletons right. in their closet. They got they got yeah. too many. Tattoos. It might have
5: even been sins. It might not have been that you did a ritual, but maybe you have done certain things in your life that you feel so condemned and hopeless about. I've had people come to me about all kinds of stuff, you know, just horrible, horrible stuff. And I can tell you, if Jesus, the Son of God, who never sinned, was hanging, dying on a on a cross. And next to him was two criminals dying justly for their crimes. And one of them called out to Jesus. This guy never went to church in his life. This guy never got to do any ministry. This guy never got to show proof of his repentance. He just looks at Jesus and said, I'm a bad man, but you're a good man. Would you would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus looks at him and smiles. He says, surely this day I tell you, you'll be with me in paradise. I want mm-hmm. to tell you about the mercy of God, man. It doesn't matter what any of your listeners have done. If you are just loaded down and maybe maybe drinking all kinds of weird addictions and weird, crazy lifestyles and cultish communities that you've got into came because you just lost hope in yourself because the devil told you you've gone too far. God will never receive you. He'll never love you, never forgive you. Maybe you even grew up in church. I'm telling you, God can break everything. Remember the story of the prodigal son. The father's waiting on the porch and he is smiling and he runs to meet that son who's coming back. Now, what you need to know about that culture and that time that Jesus told, it was undignified for a notable man to run. So the father in that story lowered his dignity to welcome his son back in. And then he honored him with a new robe and a new ring and new shoes, and he honored him with with celebration. And I just want to tell you, it doesn't matter your story. It doesn't matter how dark your past, the blood of Jesus and, and the mercy of God will welcome you with open arms and will wipe everything in your past like it never happened.
4: That's beautiful, Andrew. I just want to say thank you for this beautiful message today. Do you want to lead us out with? You want to lead us out with? Prayer? Yeah, I just
5: want to finish with. I want to finish with one verse, and then we'll okay. pray. Okay, and okay. and this is this is found in the book of Second Timothy, chapter one and verse seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear; He's not made us timid; He's not made us weak, but He's given us love, power, and a sound mind. That is the legacy that God has given you. Don't submit to fear and let that get deep disempowered out of your life and become a slave to the rhetoric. Jesus will make you great. You just have to trust him even when it's dark. Okay, so,
4: so let's pray, bro. I knew, I knew bringing you on was the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's well, go We're going to do a, okay, we'll do a bunch of these. And...
5: Okay, Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you, you love every single person and that you're for us. That you're for this nation, God, even though this nation strayed far, far away from you, and so we're asking for your goodness and your love and your mercy. And just like, just like Jesus reaching out and pulling uh, uh, um, Peter out of the waves, and just like that prodigal, that the father of the prodigal son just welcoming that that kid coming back that had just messed his whole life up, and he just welcomed him with no condemnation, just love. Father, I just pray right now for the person who's watching this that's just feeling your spirit and your presence just surrounding them, pouring love on them. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that your goodness and your mercy would just fall on them right now and they would know that they're forgiven as they cry out for you to forgive them. That They would know that they're loved as they ask you to come back into their lives. And God, that you would pick them up and that you would dust them off and give them that new robe and put that ring of sonship back on them in those new shoes of dignity and that you would celebrate them God and they wouldn't just come back to what they had before but they would come back to a relationship with you that they didn't even know was possible where they realize in their heart that that you delight in them so much and that they have become the joy of your heart and so father I bless everyone watching here today and I pray God that you would do something great in our hearts so that we would not submit to fear but we would find your story and your promises and 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 the hope of what you have ahead and that we would cling to that and our faith would partner with you and with what you've promised so that we would see a better community and a better nation. We ask for mercy and protection over this nation, God, and that you would move sovereignly and justly over this nation and set things in order. God, we ask you to remember every righteous person in this nation, just like when you were talking to Abraham. That you wouldn't bring judgment on America, God, but you'd show mercy because of the righteous that are still here, in
4: Jesus' name, Amen. Amen, Andrew. Amen. You're amazing man. What's the next episode? What are we talking about the next time? Uh, I, I haven't figured it out yet, but we've got a big list
5: of topics.
4: <laughs> All right, <laughs> we can and, definitely and, and, start yeah, going and, down the road. I, I'd really like to start talking about the uh, the occult and the the the, the Let's rituals. Do Let's do that. Let's do that. Do we'll that. do that on TV because he can't you can't talk about it on FluffTube, but uh, listen, we're we're gonna come back on FluffTube. We're gonna come back on YouTube. We're gonna have many more episodes. Andrew, you're uh, <laughs> you're gonna be a big hit, my man. Thank you so much for everything. Thank oh, you for everything it's, it's you're doing. Honor. It's an God honor, bless, my you, sir. Yeah. Bless you.